Okay, guys, welcome back to Web Canopy Studios podcast called Under the Canopy. Under the canopy. Um, we have I thought kind you of forgot a... for a second. It's okay. It's all right. I thought you forgot the name, but it's you okay. didn't. You knew it. It's not that I said the wrong thing and just did a last minute save. I definitely <laughs> uh, was planning on saying that that way the moment I started talking. <sighs> Do we start over? No, or? just keep going. Just <laughs> roll it. All right. Welcome to Under the Canopy. You would have already heard me make the mistake, and then I probably played the intro music beforehand, and then uh, we're back. What are we talking about today? Uh, <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. Yeah. Today is about here is the reason why nobody is opening your marketing emails. Ooh. And I think this is a pretty – the reason that we're doing this is – we literally walked into it this morning. We said, Hey, that campaign, it's not working. What's wrong with it? So immediately everyone had a suggestion. Well, did you check this? Did you check this? And I just realized we have all these ideas of how to optimize these. Like let's share them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so really we, should be here are the reasons. Cause there were a lot of things that came up. Yes. M- multiple reasons. We got some slam dunk Several options. reasons. Um, and then we're, we also have seen here, He's going to talk through it from a sales standpoint, too. So it's not just marketing emails, even though that is probably why you clicked this in the first we're place. Also, we're also trying a new location. Today. Yes. If you're a regular watcher slash listener, you might notice that we are in uh, the main room today. Which Liz calls Gen Pop. <laughs> Gen Pop. <laughs> I don't think anybody that's listening is going to notice that we're in a different location. <laughs> no. But I don't know what to do with my hands. Right. Now I have to hold the microphone. <laughs> Good call. People listening are like, wait, what? <laughs> Although we are noticed. holding the mics with our hands instead of mics. the um, uh, stands. So if you hear <laughs> well, he's just tapping the tip of the microphone all over the table. But uh... Someone might pull a Celine Dion while we're here because, you know, <laughs> it's going to be I think that John. someone is going to be you. <laughs> I was going to vote for you. Me. Is that where you're like... Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, oh, and it was Larry. Turns out it was Larry. <laughs> Larry's the same. I love it. <laughs> we should have got Gwen Stefani mics. Oh, little oh, headsets. Yeah. John, can we get them, please? I will. We'll order that. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. Next round. Sweet. Then we'll look like telemarketers all the time. <laughs> the ShamWow guy. Yeah. ShamWow, yeah. you'll be saying wow every time. <laughs> <laughs> that was too good. Okay. So, uh, John has sourced some questions from a couple people on the I internet, did. a couple people in the office. So, we're through it all together and we're here to deliver the information to you. Here's a good question to get started How do I know if my email list is any good? Great question. Mm-hmm. I think that would, to put a more context on it, I would probably say that's coming from. Uh, like we're not really doing a ton of emails right now. We're getting ready to start doing more emails and I'm concerned that my email list is no good. Yeah. Got a, got a few places you can start with that one. So let's say you haven't been sending a lot of emails. You have any size list, uh, any size list you have in mind or just. I'm so sorry. Alexa, stop playing music. Alexa was playing music. All right. Can you restart that? I'll just have to cut this out. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're trying to figure out how good your email list is, if you haven't been emailing a lot and you're ready to ramp it up and start emailing again, a few things to look at first are, one, where did the email addresses come from in the first place? I would say, let's just say they're mostly cold. 
So a lot of a lot of people would have collected emails from like trade shows or right. directories or their previous contacts that might be getting sent their their Christmas card, you know, every every December. And so this is them trying to like we're going to make an effort to do something. To me that might be my first instinct of is this a good list because it's all just people from trade shows. It's probably not that strong of a list. Probably not. I would say you could send out an engagement email to see who maybe would be worth keeping on the list. And aside from that, you're probably going to want to focus on fresh lead generation. Should I delete the people that don't open my email? Yeah, especially if they're really old. Otherwise, you're just paying to keep them in your email server. They're going to contribute to poor delivery rates and things like that if they're not engaged. And if they come across you again, they can always get back on your email list. Yeah. Raquel, what about what we just did for a client a couple months ago where they had a similar situation, just tons of contacts, and we did a campaign to decide who to keep, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk through maybe that's a good, a couple good yeah, strategies of how to do up. that? Matt asked me about this the other day for another client, too. They were moving from one platform into HubSpot and had sort of a stagnant, semi-stale list, but they had some good ones, and it was sort of all over the place. So we took that opportunity before moving them into HubSpot to do a little bit of email list cleanup and send out some engagement campaigns to see who we wanted to keep and who was not going to reply, who was going to bounce, and all those kinds of things to sort of call the list before we put it into HubSpot. Perfect. And then like, yeah, the people who did engage you, you keep and, you know, put them back into the top of that fishbowl and the rest you can be like, well, I'm paying an extra whatever a month for all these people. Let's not do that anymore. Yeah. It's really tempting for people to want to hang on to as many contacts as possible and keep them for as long as possible because they think they see that there is an opportunity there But if they're not engaging with you, if it's really old and they haven't opened your emails, there's a higher probability they're going to end up hurting your list because they're so stale. That person might not even be at that job anymore. That could be the reason they're not opening it. So when they start to fall away, it's best to just let them go. It can really skew your rates too, right? Like you're like, why do I only have 5% open rate? Well, maybe 80% of your list is trash. Yeah. Quality over quantity with an email list for (laughs) sure. You're way better off having a smaller list of people who actually want to hear from you. Especially if it's a couple years old, you Mm -hmm. have to think about the people who are not even at that position anymore Mm -hmm. in that office. They work at a different company. So are they even there? It's, It's not even that we just have a bad list of people who are cold. It's like, these people just don't exist. And yeah. so we're, we're wasting time and space. We got that. a reply the other day through a client's email from a recipient who replied. They had been getting someone's forward emails. It wasn't even bouncing. And they emailed back after six, eight months or something, finally opened one of the emails and said, this person doesn't work here anymore. Yeah. And that's the, that's a nice person responding. <laughs> it was a nice person to respond. <laughs> that's like most people wouldn't even respond. I'd mark it as spam, right? Like, yeah. The, so you're probably doing more harm than good. I mean, they could have just unsubscribed, which would have been even easier, but I realize not everybody 
thinks to do that. And he was yeah. very kind to at least reply and say, hey, this person doesn't work here anymore. I'm still we, just We've gotten worse emails. replies. We've gotten <laughs> way worse replies. Just like, it's always someone who's like super snooty and pretentious. And it's like, right. well, actually, the word you wrote here doesn't pertain to my industry anymore. And just <laughs> something insane. Ooh, yeah. I love those ones. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the critique of my email. Right. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. Yeah. I like the idea of doing those like, those check emails to see if they're any good and to have like good people opt in to stay on the list. I like doing that in like a series. So you're not, cause you don't want to do a one and done situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, someone might be on vacation. Someone might just not have the time or they're not interested in opening your email. Um, I would probably recommend doing two or three email tests to see if you can get people in over how long would you say I would space it out. Otherwise you're going to be looking like you're spamming people especially sure. if it's cold. So I don't know, two to three weeks. Okay. Maybe a month. I think that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Next question. Great. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Here's another uh, common question before we get into some meat of, of like subjects. Um, mm-hmm. num. Mm. Should I smoked ribs over the weekend? You so smoked good. what? <laughs> ribs. <laughs> yeah. Not tobacco. Okay. Or other things. <laughs> Should my email come from a person? Or should it come from my company? I vote person. What what email? Marketing emails. Okay. I say person. It's more personable. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel as spammy as like, this is yeah. so-and-so. Like an actual, like when Web Canopy Studio emails you versus Larry emails you. you, you or might. how about option three, Larry from Web from, Canopy yeah, Studio. That's good too. Do you like... What are your what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'm kind of indifferent on them. I think I just like a at least I open more emails that are just from a person. Uh and then maybe second person from company and then third is just company. That's my opinion. I think it depends on the nature of the email. So let's say, for example, someone downloads something from us from web canopy and maybe they first get it from john but they become a marketing qualified lead and now they're going to hear from sam they don't they don't know sam right but they know web canopy now so if he sends an email it can be sam from web canopy studio yeah and they'll be more likely that's to really good I didn't really so that's a that. kind of a transitional way to use that Name recognition. Mm-hmm. I think this is just me thinking out loud, but if I was a person getting these emails and some it was from a company and I was really interested in it, I would be much less likely to respond to an email that was an info at or a team yeah. at than I would be a person. So I, I know the person's name. I know I'm actually talking to a person. I know it's not just going to a general mailbox that's probably not going to get checked or responded to yeah statistically it i mean the numbers back it up to say people emails versus company emails are a much higher open rate because people are making a connection one-to-one instead of like this is just a company blast email the chamber of commerce emails like the lowest open rates no one really Mm -hmm. cares Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah you know what i mean Lair? great answers guys Okay, so let's get into some other things. Do you have any tips for better open rates? So I'm sending my marketing emails out now and they're just not, they're getting like four or 5% opens and I feel like that's really low. What yeah, should I do? That'd be pretty low. Also, what is a good statistic? What do you guys think we should aim for? For open rates? Yeah. I think we always say like 
25 or 30 is like a great email. Yeah. If you hit 20, that's probably an okay email. Anything lower, you Sam, probably what's your work. open rate right now? I'm going to say 70 just so I don't sound like a child. <laughs> I'll round up. Oh, let me round up. I'm actually. <laughs> so you have a 69% open rate. Yes. Way to go, Sam. I like that. Cause I'm your boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this works for me, actually. Yeah, yeah that's like okay. Um, um, with that, I think the title and the preview of your email is very important. Um, there's people that say put the entire like message of the email into the title or the like the it, core of what you're trying to say. Yeah, get that point across so it, someone can automatically like mentally filter that email if it doesn't pertain to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I like having emails that have something intriguing to me to open. Like just the word question with a question mark gets a lot of opens. Um, And having something like saying their specific first name and then how are things going at your company name gets a lot of openings because people are knowing that it's targeted directly towards them. It's not just a spam email. And these are more sales focused. So Sam does sales. Sam gets to reach out to people once they become an MQL or marketing qualified lead. And so we have a transition process. So what that's telling us is that we're doing a good job at our marketing emails, which would be more of a Larry thing. Mm -hmm. And then passing to Sam. So your email titles or the subject line, you're saying you have a good open rate when you're being not cheesy or clickbaity, but you're literally reaching out to them like one-on-one. Absolutely. Good. Personalization. Personalization. And there's a couple things you can use for your emails. For example, there's mail-tester.com where you can send your emails beforehand and it lets you know every spam filter that's going to catch it and it lets you like get a gauge of how spammy your email is going to come off to people. Hot tip. And so Mm -hmm. that's a good way to send your email. I like that. You you go to the website, they give you like a spun-up email address that you send it to. And then they give you a review of your email instantly. And it lets you know, like, X, Y, and Z filters are going to block your email. Um, this this specific paragraph comes off as really spammy. And it's like an instant feedback. Before How much you- does it cost? Free 99. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so 99 cents? <laughs> Free. Free. Okay. <laughs> Just teasing. Raquel, what do you got? Tips for better open rates. Yeah, lots of tips for open better rates. Open better <laughs> rates. <laughs> rates. Open better open rates. Them rates up. Well, I wanted to <laughs> touch on bottle. something that Larry said first about open rates to aim for. That's a really good average, but they do vary from industry to industry. So it's worth looking at. And also into. from marketing to sales, right? If you mm-hmm. have people who are more d- down lower in your funnel, they're probably going to open more stuff too. Yeah. And some other things that will affect your open rates too are the size of the list. Because yeah. if you have a really small list, your percentage is going to swing huge one way or the other. Yeah. Or, if you're emailing to 10 people and right. five people open it, you have 50% open rate, mm-hmm. killer. But if you're emailing to 20,000 people mm-hmm. and you have a 5% open rate, that's still a lot of people. Yeah. A lot and of then, people engaging. You know, the other thing is the type of email that it is, for example, this is just going to build the case more for good lead generation. Because if you get someone to download a piece of content from your website or template or something like that, some of the highest open rates that we see are through the initial welcome email series. They're the most interested, they're most engaged. And if you can get them into a really good welcome series, they're going to be more likely to continue opening your emails that you send 
after that. So mm -hmm. a couple of tips for getting higher open rates would be to really harness the power of the welcome series because they're already most likely going to open it because they wanted something from you and now you're going to deliver it to them. So if you can deliver them a really good quality welcome series, that's already going to you know, make it more likely that they're going to continue opening. So you have, have good goodies in your emails, good yeah. stuff. Right. I love that. I want to build on that before you get to more tips because yeah. that, that brings up a really valid point. It's not necessarily about open, how to make your, your emails have a better open rate, but it's interaction. Like so many people will send, let's say you have a downloadable offer on your website, a 10 step checklist, and someone downloads that. Um, the highest open rate emails are going to be the ones where you deliver that product to them. So that's going to be your biggest uh, rate of read throughs out of anything that you have in your marketing emails. And so too many people, we see it all the time, just literally send a, Hey, thanks for downloading. Here's your checklist. And that's it. Thanks marketing team. Mm -hmm. Like when in reality, if that, that email alone could have a 60, 70, 80% open rate, you would think much higher, but doesn't have doesn't always happen. Ours are roughly around there, like yeah. seventy. Like, why I would think. It, why would yeah. you download the thing and not go open the it's email? Like, I'll get to it later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, like that is a huge opportunity to produce information in there to get people to take the next step and to do something powerful. Like introduce the next offer, introduce uh, yourself a little bit more, talk about them so you're on their level. Like almost treat it like you would the messaging of a homepage of like who you are, here are the pains you're experiencing, here's the things that we're gonna help you solve. And by the way, here's the downloadable offer that you have. And we're gonna send you a couple more emails over the next couple of weeks of more information you might find helpful. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good series of, of yep. an email. Yep, agreed. Yeah, I mean, there's so much about the health of the email list and the initial welcome series. See, we're kind of, we build on it. So when you're sending an email to a stale list and you just kind of blast an email out to them. The other thing that's happening is if you've ghosted them for a long time. So consistent emails, you're going to get better open rates if you're consistently emailing them. If you disappear yeah. for a while and then come out of the woodwork all of a sudden, those emails don't usually get very high open rates. This is also describing pretty much an engagement email or re-engagement email. Mm -hmm. So it does happen. But what we do with a re-engagement email is okay, we're going to try and get people interested again. Maybe there's a lull for whatever reason with a client or something. And you send a re-engagement email. It's probably not going to have as high of an open rate. So then we take the same group of people who didn't open it and we send another one and try to grab yeah. a few more people and get a few more people engaged. So um, don't ghost your email list because that'll hurt your open yeah, rates. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, people who mm -hmm. will have some kind of, uh, we're collecting leads, we're collecting people to be on our email list, but we won't actually engage with them because they're afraid of people unsubscribing. Right. Which is, which is a whole nother topic. Which is a whole other topic. But we should talk about it. We should talk about it. And, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but adding value to your emails, not just like buy our stuff is huge because I've talked to clients that are like, I can't afford your service right now, but please don't take me off your email list because I love what you guys put out. And so adding value to your email, so people are going to go know that hey, there's probably something helpful in this email from yeah. Sam mm -hmm. at Web Canopy Studio. So I'm going to click on it and just read through it real quick, just in case there's something that's really going to help me in there. Yeah. yeah, that's true for sales and marketing. What we were saying, like if you have established in your welcome series when someone's 
downloaded something, if you keep showing them that, then by the time you're talking to them or your sales team is talking to them, they already know that you've got a lot of good stuff if they're going to work with you or not, because you never know what's going to happen in the future. And if they're an engaged reader, they can also be an advocate for you. They can be you know, yeah. someone who maybe forwards your emails and spreads. Absolutely. Spreads the if word. you, if you download something from our website or you get one of our HubSpot templates or something, we have a 90 day new, new prospect workflow that goes out and you're going to get sent emails about once a week that are blogs that we produce that are solving problems that we know you have because you're engaging with a specific kind of content. You're going to get other templates that we produced uh, guides, checklists. And I don't think in, I don't think in one of those emails, do we ask you for, to sign up for a consultation or to do anything like, Oh, you have to talk to Sam now or John mm -hmm. now to do a sales thing. They're all, they're all value-based so that people start to look forward to those. And they know when they get that information, like web canopy is an authority, they're a resource, they know what they're talking about and they're not douchey salespeople. Mm-hmm. Except for Sam. <laughs> Suck it, Sam. <laughs> The shoe fits. <laughs> Let's get back to open rates. Let's swing yeah. it back, Larry. You got any tips swing for? for I don't know. You guys rates? touched so, on any, anything I could think of other than, and this might be its own question, but like A/B testing. I was say we haven't even hit subject lines yet. Yeah, let's talk right. through some more open. Go for it. Subject lines. Yeah. So, well, A/B testing, of course, is a great idea because there could be more than one type of subject line that you have in mind, you probably should write five to 10 different options and pick a couple of the best. But the best thing about A-B testing, especially when you're trying to get a gauge on your list, is figuring out what your audience responds to. At a certain point, you know, you might get comfortable with knowing, uh, like, say you have a newsletter or something and you know that you always get a higher open rate if you send it, calling it a newsletter or if the subject line highlights what's in it. I've seen both ways go, you know, to the yeah. top for the, depending on the audience. Some people like to rely on knowing, oh, this is my monthly newsletter. I know what kind of stuff is, you know, going to be in this email and they get a high open rate for other audiences. It's just whether you call it a newsletter or not, they're more interested in the, you know, the headline of what's in that email in the subject line. Yeah. So it's one way to do it. Um, subject line, you want to always tell them what the benefit is going to be for them. What are they getting in this email? I mean, if we, when everyone's yeah. really busy, I don't know how many emails you guys get every day. I know I get Couple. so mm -hmm. many and I don't open them all. Some of them I save and don't unsubscribe to because I will read it later. And sometimes I forget, but there are certain emails that I always open because I know it's going to be really good and I know exactly what's in it. If I read a vague subject line, I'm like, even though I kind of like emails from that person, I don't have time to figure out what this is about right now. Yeah, I don't want to do the vague subject lines that mm -hmm. are very odd. Like, I don't, you don't make, don't make me process thought when you're mm -hmm. trying to market to me. Like, make it just a subconscious. We'll be right back. Yeah, the camera died. Sorry, guys. And it's a different camera, so we probably look either cleaner or dirtier. Uh, I don't know. I'm cleaner gonna say cleaner. or dirtier? Yeah. Did what? Like and a podcast like, is this? Kind of podcast I was thinking like this? farther or closer or <laughs> like I, I was, cleaner. It was like dirtier. a way of saying it looks better or worse. Better or worse. But I said oh, cleaner yeah. or dirtier, and then you guys torched me for it well we were just talking about 
dirty bike clothes. So no, yeah. we weren't. <laughs> no, we weren't. <laughs> I don't even ride bikes. Oh, yeah. Who are you? Okay, what were so, we? So yeah, about? we were talking about like eleven speed versus twelve speed when it comes to <laughs> SRAM's new uh, drive drivetrain. Um, yeah, we were talking about. Open rates. I, thought, I was like, lines. I thought we were talking about emails. Oh, oh emails. I know what I was going to say. I was going to talk about, uh, we were talking about clarity. You had mentioned um, like m- being cheeky and mm-hmm. and people having to like guess what you're trying to say in your email. I don't think you said cheeky, but that's what clever. I, like that's what people try to be really yeah. clever, but then you read it and you have no idea what it's about. It ends up being really vague. And so yeah. it's not actually that clever because no one knows what you're talking mm, about. Never so. seen that before. Yeah. yeah. And then, and a really uh, good strategy to just be very upfront and clear with people. I always like to use brackets when I'm like offering something mm-hmm. or like a kind of post or a download. We've been real seeing really good results with that lately. Yeah, it's yeah. a good idea. And just to say like put brackets around the first say like new playbook so people know that this is a playbook. Mm-hmm. And then you say maybe the title or like what the problem it solves or we had one that was really good recently. It was like our exact secret for webinars or something webinar like that. Webinar secrets, yeah. And then that one in our AB test and I was like that was a yeah. Larry one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Yeah. And it talked <laughs> about our one. new strategy for webinars. Right? right. Yeah. But yeah, I think like it showed extra value because we were like, this is our, might've said something really dumb. Like this is our secret, secret <laughs> recipe for webinars or Did something like that. Did you say like secret that. sauce? I, I refuse. I would never have done secret sauce, but <laughs> something really close to that. <laughs> something secret. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And sauce. it worked well. So like, <laughs> I think that. maybe... Like be a clickbaity sometimes. Like it's it's okay to be fun. Yeah. Well, but to clarify, fun clickbait, clickbait not rude. Though I mean something enticing, because spammy bad clickbait is just bait. It doesn't deliver. Sure. On what Don't it say three hundred dollars click here and then yeah. just steal yeah. their data. But you can definitely <laughs> entice people for what you have, but you should always deliver to them what it is you've promised them. So if you say something in the subject line. To get their attention, as long as you're going to deliver on that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, like the three, you know, the exact steps that we have that, I mean, that's pretty, that sounds it's like. It's very upfront. Yeah. It's, you're telling them exactly what you're doing and yeah. it's appealing. Like it's written mm-hmm. in a way that, yeah, I'm actually would love to do more webinars. What are your webinar secrets? And then you kind of, you almost, with stuff like that, you almost, you're like calling a bluff. Like I have a feeling this is going to be really cheesy. Let me click on it. But no, wait, it's actually really good value. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones what? that get me every time. Yeah. Then I'm and like, that like, was good. Yeah. You're like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking. All right. Yeah. I mean, Dang. Okay. okay, fine. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a whole podcast about it that you click through. Mm-hmm. And then there's a strategy guide that comes with it too. And then you watch next week and you realize, Hey, this isn't the same place they recorded last week. <laughs> wow. Oh Full my god, That's very meta. Yeah. You'll get to know your audience with that one too, because some people respond really well to that fear factor or FOMO kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. some audiences don't. So yeah. for example, the, you know, the, the one thing that could, you know, the one thing that'll, you know, surely bomb your Blow webinar or tank yeah. your webinar. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or like something. that negative spice to it. I think we talked about that with our webinar yeah. titles last week. But the same thing plays into the email subject it, lines. It's like it plays on your emotions, mm-hmm. and that's something that you should always consider. It could even be tied yeah. into your promoting your webinar. Some like, people like it. Some audiences don't like it. I've also had people say that 
they are really agitated by those because they're like, actually, I'm not doing something that's killing my business. I'm just looking for other things mm -hmm. that support my business or other tools or, you know, so, I mean, it yeah. kind of depends. That's just a, a getting to know your audience thing. It's like the professionalness of your industry too. I mean, yeah. if you're like selling like chemicals for like a, a lab or something, you should probably be very straight and to the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You but don't want to be too cheap. Three things or... that you're going to blow up your lab with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, actually, I'd open that. I, don't know. <laughs> I would too. I'd be like, what? Three poisons that are already in your home. That actually probably okay, is a real news. thing. The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The local news ones are the worst. And the oh, weather yeah. channel. I used to write those. Larry, you betcha. Oh, Larry, Larry, and now you write so them much. for us. <laughs> yep. from, from a Man. sales standpoint, too, I think there's a lot of like emphasis on creating the value in your email because if you're clickbaity and someone opens up that email and it sucks, they're just like, "Well, I'm never opening yeah. these again." Yeah, true. And you lose a you lose a lifetime opener. Yeah, they're and never going to come back. Being clickbaity just to boost your numbers as far as open rate, if they're not converting, is useless. Mm -hmm. And so adding value is huge for those emails. Yeah. Can we think of one more that would be like clickbait gone too far? Maybe like I made like a way huge example of like click here for free hundred dollar bill. Like obviously you're not going to deliver on that, but well, what's yeah. something close to that that like might upset your audience? I think if you over promise something in the subject line, it's as bad as being clickbaity. Like here's, you know, giving a three-step guide to doing something, but giving someone a, you know, three, here's your three-step guide to gain 10,000 followers this month. Like you do yeah. not know that that's going to work, you know, make sure that it's something you actually can deliver on. You like, can like give it them worked for like one person. Right. So therefore they're like, but the, and then the email body is literally like, so buy my masterclass right. and I'll give you this yeah, for you for $800. I'd be mad like, about that's that. That's nothing yeah. but clickbaity. Mm -hmm. It's not resourceful. I see more of those than anything else, though. And it's mm -hmm. so it's obviously working for some people, but maybe just not so much in like the B2B realm. Is that is that maybe it or I don't know. I see I, a lot of people selling courses that teach you to do that. Right. And I think it's like it's a so trend. Massive. Yeah. And now so many people do it. And it's like you're like a dude sitting in your mom's basement <laughs> mm -hmm. and you're trying to get me to do the one thing that you did to grow to your guarantee agency. fame on Instagram six <laughs> figures a day. Yes. <laughs> I want to do a whole podcast on those. And yeah. it's just like pre-roll YouTube ad, ad guys <laughs> where they're like people. right outside this new condo. My friend John just bought it with straight cash from his new Shopify store. Yeah. He is drop shipping six million a day. Yeah. <laughs> like drop shipping yes. without million. even leaving his six million dollar condo. Mm -hmm. The classic of here I am in my garage with my brand new Ferrari. Right. Yeah. Third trend. I'm sure you are. We got a little off subject. I'm I'm apologizing. But it's clickbait, so it ties into okay. like yeah. you can't don't don't say stuff like that in an email and then try and just don't say stuff like that anyway. Yeah. And definitely don't try and Sincerity, sell. Right? Don't, like, don't give away something in an email subject line that when they click on it, they can't have it. So like if great. it's, if I, yeah. if you give me something great in an guideline. email line and then the body of the email doesn't actually give me that, or at least send me to a blog that gives me that, like don't say something that I really want, give it to me an email and then make me go buy eight for 800 bucks. Go totally. buy something like just to get the, the value. Yeah. If you want to sell something in the email, you can sell it, but deliver first what you promise. And then if you want to add a little something extra, if they're interested in more, you can say, 
here's a free masterclass if you and but then we have these mm-hmm. full-fledged masterclass series you know yeah. you can point them in that direction too but you first have to deliver what will, you said you were giving them but i do think there is definitely a place for something like that mm-hmm. when you're offering lots of value and then you offer the ability for someone to to convert and to become sure. a customer yeah but lead with that value so send four five six emails that are really heavy on value and free and like resources solving problems then you kind of earn the the respect mm-hmm. of them to say by the way we sell this course it yeah. is five hundred dollars if you would like it here you go if you don't no big deal yeah we're gonna because- still keep sending you great stuff People do get nervous then about asking for the sale. But mm-hmm. if you th- think about it, how are people going to know what you sell or how, you know, if I mean, you you ha- you at them, some point yeah. you have to have that conversation with them mm-hmm. and they're not going to be offended by it, especially if they really enjoy your content. They might and choose not to buy it at that time. if you're doing it in a polite time. way where it's just like, hey, this is here. Yeah. There's even more value here if you want it. Yeah. You don't have to, like John said. Like it's like. Yeah, I think sometimes people go such so far in the direction of not wanting to be spammy that they'll actually then not try to sell anything. Well, you still need to sell your business. You still have yeah. products and services, and people won't know about them unless you tell them. So you've got to work that in there too. I think you get creative with your emails. What Sam? Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, like at? free email content definitely doesn't keep the lights on. Yeah, <laughs> no, it yeah. doesn't. You're right. Um, Different kinds of subject lines for different kinds of emails are really good. Um, being as tailored to your audience as possible. I think um, even just calling out the industry that they're in or the, the, the problems that they're experiencing in a subject line is really good. Like if you're not giving away a free guide and you don't want to put the brackets around it, mm-hmm. um, telling them what it is that, that you're going to solve for them or the problem is. So for example, we've had clients where um, in a form, when they fill out a form, we have a drop down in that form that says, I would best describe myself as, and there might be three options to choose from. And based off of those three options, it triggers a workflow inside of HubSpot or, or whatever software you might be using. Um, but those are now sending very tailored emails. So if one of those might be, let's just say education professionals, now they're instead of getting sent information around companies that don't relate, we're just going to send information around education and how this product helps their uh, the professionals in that education realm solve their problem. And so you're very, very tailored. You're much more niche versus like, here's how to market everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea. I mean, it it involves a lot more work, so it's easier said than done. But in the long run, if what you're looking for is better open rates, better uh, click through rates, that's a great way. That to might do be it. one of the the big wins of this podcast is to say like segmentation and narrowing oh, down yeah. your audience mm-hmm. to get better open rates. And there's easy way to do it, like you just said. Like you might already have a form that says what best describes me, yeah. right? And like maybe it's like. You, you sell to doctors and surgeons and then like doctors get one surgeons get another. And yeah. if it could be that easy, if you already mm-hmm. have it done, you could put them in a different workflow. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying what you already said, yeah. but then you're getting the right information to the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do a lot of, we do a lot of work with a lot of different industries at web canopy studio. And we have a lot of different kinds of people that have become clients, like literally across the board from like healthcare to uh, startups to s- just all over the place. Um, and I guarantee our best open rates for each one of these industries is when we call out that industry specifically 
So for example, we've done work with architecture firms in the past. We have a lot of content on our website about architecture. And if I send an email about, you know, three ways to increase your clients next month to our whole audience, I think that is probably going to have a lower open rate. But if I send it to just architects and I change that subject line to three ways to generate more architecture clients next month, that resonates with an architect and that architecture uh, email open rate is probably going to increase because it's specific to that industry. But I could not send that out to everybody because mm-hmm. the healthcare people would never open it and they'd probably mark it as spam. Like, yeah. I don't care about architecture clients. Right. I don't need to increase those at all. <laughs> Unsubscribe. This gives me like maybe a new prompt. Uh, prompt it. How much or, or what kind of email should you be using like personalized tokens in? Is it like overused sometimes? Um, could you be doing this with every email? If you have every one of your contacts, their industry is already done with a contact property. Should every email say like, how is life in architecture world? Or, and then like yeah. nursing world and then like it auto prompts <laughs> for everyone's email, but they're getting the same You're thing. You're actually reminding me of a funny story because we've had, yeah. <laughs> we've had, so you personalization usually comes from people filling out a form, right? You don't always have people being honest when they fill out a form. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we've had them before where like someone put in a name of like, I don't know, like chicken ducks as their first name. Hey, and chicken so ducks. How get the yeah. email that says, hey, chicken ducks. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I, I think you can be too personalized and it's mm-hmm. kind of funny when it messes up like that, but uh yeah, Definitely I think check it, your stuff. I, I bet I know you're the king of writing just derp, derp, derp like six <laughs> times into a field. So you probably get emails every day. Yeah. Do derp. How's life hey, doing derpy. derp? Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten some derp tasks assigned to me before. <laughs> Task assigned to you by Johnny can derp, derp, derp. I'm this like, is my made up um, word to. He's playing with a new sauna mm-hmm. board or something. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Derp tastic. Okay. What else we got? Yeah, I think you can overdo it. You can overdo it. We, we mm-hmm. think we saw that. But. Uh, you know, Sam said he was using, um, in a, you know, a sales setting. So maybe it does work a little more there only because these contacts are likely already qualified, right? Because they wouldn't be in your sequence if you haven't already looked at their contact profile and enrolled them in such. So you can kind of screen like, oh, wow, they have a first name. I can do this. Yeah. (laughs) It's not Mm -hmm. chicken duck. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. There's a lot of value in an email that we send out that says, Hey, so-and-so, we notice you're in ABC industry and we often see that they have the problem with mm-hmm. XYZ. And so someone in that industry is like, oh, wow, yeah, we do have that same issue. Let me open this. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of value in the personalization, but not in like a mass like spam email. Well, it right starts on. to feel inauthentic if you use it too much. A little bit, though, gives a little more of the one-on-one connection. So when you're writing subject lines and emails, a good thing to keep in mind is not that you're writing to a mass group of people, but you're writing to one person because each of those emails is being delivered to one person. So talk like you're talking to a person, Mm -hmm. not like you're writing a widespread marketing message, write to the one person. And so putting some personalization in there every now and then, maybe not every single, you know, you should always touch on the problems that you know that person is having and the challenges and give them the you know, value-based emails and things like that. And then just a little pepper it with personalization. It's a little pepper. Sprinkle with personalization. I think that's good. Do we have any other tips? Any of the things that we've missed? Are we still on open rates? That's pretty much all the the, we've got on that. 
Okay. Those are, those are the questions that yeah. we had written in. I mean, so let's just recap. Make yeah, sure we didn't I'd miss anything. Yeah. Open rates are not just about the moment that they're being open. The, your open rates go back to the health of your email list, how consistent you are in communicating with them, how much value you're offering them, how good your subject lines are, how good the content is inside. What else? Do we miss anything? I think it, the biggest thing it boils down to is the audience who you're emailing to, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, Segmenting. We've mentioned two mm -hmm. great ways is one, weeding out your old list because yep. you probably have a lot of people on there who you guys mentioned probably don't work there anymore. Yeah. Probably never even wanted to be on this list, but we're at the same trade show you were at. So you got sent their email. Yeah. Um, because they wanted to sign up for the free iPad you're exactly, giving. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like the segmentation the punch bowl. and the health of the email list kind of go hand in hand. So cleaning up that initial list is that you probably have a lot of people who don't really want to hear from you anyway. So let's yeah. say you just do marketing for architecture firms or something like that. And then you've got a ton of different people. I mean, you want to clean that up. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would say with that is is going back and reviewing. We just did this not too long ago for us, and we were able to clean up a lot um, by looking at a list of people who have hard bounced and who have unsubscribed. Hard bounced is uh, an email that comes back because that email literally couldn't be delivered. It, it didn't exist. The It was a fake email address. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't go to a legit place. So it comes back as a hard bounced. You want to make sure that you're not sending to hard bounces regularly because that will hurt your email sender score, which then prevents you from showing up in inboxes. So there is like a science to that of being not, um, you don't want to be marked as spam. You don't want your emails to hard bounce. Um, you want to make sure that you're producing content that people are opening. Um, otherwise, you really could hurt yourself in the long run for emails. We've had clients in the past that have been like blacklisted and uh, like literally every email they'd send out would show up in spam folders, <laughs> never going to the inbox because they've abused it in the past. Painful. So yeah, Thanks. that sender score is really important. So be careful. Yeah. Don't send junky emails and, um, clean up your hard bounces, which you can do easily in HubSpot. You can just make a list of emails that have bounced and you don't have to send them anymore. Um, yeah. Delete. 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 Bye. What else you got, Larry? Oh, <laughs> I thought we were ending the podcast. <laughs> all just I'm done. Delete. That's all I all got. Right, that's it. We should all drop our mics. You know what? Let's say everyone who's listening, who's listening, today, who's <laughs> listening, everyone listening, Larry's we four. Here. Uh, let's give them a task that they should go send an email today, especially people who only do monthly mm -hmm. emails, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Let's have them test one new email out. Why mm -hmm. not, right? Because. Why not? People are too afraid, I think, like, oh, I don't want to bother them. They, they're never going to open it again mm -hmm. if, we, if we send it something right now. No. Do it. Build up your engagement with these people. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're already doing it, then, you know, do your thing. But. And if they don't want to hear from you, let them unsubscribe and move forth yep. without them. If Have they don't them self-select. Yeah, exactly. Be glad they told you. They could just be yeah. dragging down your open rates. Yeah. If they just say, hey, I'm not, this isn't I'd for much me. rather have 2,000 person a subscription list that is super active and engaged and a 14,000 person list that people don't ever open my emails. Mm -hmm. Those totally. e those people do not matter to me. And from a sales perspective, because they're never going to buy. Agreed. You know what? I have one thing we could talk about before Let's we talk leave. about it. Let's talk about um, it. We have a very special product coming out as of today. 
and it, we do products the wrong word uh our new uh journal the web canopy journal yeah, magazine it's the opposite of a are we getting email. those today they're they were sent to the print so they should start <gasps> arriving in everyone's yeah mailboxes it's really shortly. cool like it's fun like we have our own magazine now we made a magazine we did. Yeah, mainly Raquel. Raquel's our editor. Liz had no part in it. Liz, do you have anything <laughs> to say about it? Liz is sitting behind us quietly. I literally just got the uh, the message from our printer that it's going to press. <gasps> well, Yay! I can't wait to see it. Do Where's we get a proof? Where's that champagne? <laughs> we have some in the fridge. We'll pop it. All right. Yeah, they're going to send us a proof first. Love it. So if you're on the page where this podcast is, oh, we said we'd do that. Let's. We're gonna make a page for people to subscribe if they want a copy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna do that right after this. So yeah, just a brief synopsis. Web Canopy Studio. We've produced content for the last ten years on our blog and in emails, and so we decided to make a shift to also offering a really nice publication. Um, that's a, a journal, a magazine that can be produced quarterly. Um, and we're sending it out to um, people in the U.S. and Canada right now because it costs tremendous amounts of money to send it overseas. <laughs> so maybe once our sponsorship steps up a little bit more, we can we can cross that river or ocean. The, more like the ocean. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, what is the cost to anyone who wants a copy of this magazine? Oh, it John? is, of course, completely free. Completely I'm free. I'm going to charge people to read our magazine. And it's all, of course. It's, or not all, but it's mostly all original content, right? It is. It's all We it wrote is. it just for this it's magazine. It's really good And stuff. then I think afterwards we'll put it on our site, but we want to yep. get the magazine out to people before we do it uh, for everyone to yeah. read it. And related to this conversation we had, there is a quick guide to A-B testing subject lines in yep. our Look first issue. A little, a little checklist in there. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, it, and I think we have a downloadable offer coming soon about it too on our website as well, mm -hmm. which will be nice. So you can download the email stuff. As cool as it gets guys. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's it, it for under the canopy. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you everybody. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Bye. Mm -hmm.